This is my daily prayer. It's the prayer of St. Pillar out of Moscow. O Lord, grant me to greet the coming day in peace. Help me in all things to rely upon your holy will. In every hour of the day, reveal your will to me. Bless my dealings with all who surround me. Teach me to treat all that comes to me throughout the day with peace of soul and with the firm conviction that your will governs all. In all my deeds and words, guide my thoughts and feelings. In unforeseen events, let me not forget that all are sent by you. Teach me to act firmly and wisely without embittering or embarrassing others. Give me the strength to bear the fatigue of the coming day with all that it shall bring. Direct my will. Teach me to pray. Pray you yourself in me. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Yeah. Great. So, God lover Kyle here. Hi. (laughs) Today we're with none other than Dasha Nekrasova. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for having me. Um, When I first had this idea to do the podcast, I was like, obviously, I need to reach out to you. Yes. Um, And I guess something that listeners may not know is that we've been mutuals online for a very long time. We've been friends for mad long. Yeah. So... Uh, like, like through Brooke Schneider, probably. Yeah. Who is a ceramicist, and you should look up her ceramics. You should definitely look up Brooke Schneider. Shout out Brooke. Because I was friends with Brooke um, when I lived in San Francisco, I you, think. That's where you went to college? I went to college in the Bay Area, yeah. Yeah. We never really talked in real life, honestly, we for more than really, like five yeah. minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, unless, I guess, I did do that project, that Shark Tank project. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was fun. Yeah. Which, if you're listening, you could go to Amazon and like look up Shark Tank reenactment. Dasha's in it. I play Lori. You play Lori Grenier mm-hmm. from Shark Tank. So it's, QVC queen. Yeah. I am kind of like a video artist, too, but that's not what... The podcast is about. That's not what the pod's about. It's about God, all things God, and just, you know, getting different perspectives from different people, how they relate to their spiritual side. And with you, you've, I guess, kind of become, well, for people who don't know who you are, I guess, right? Mm -hmm. You're an actress, a director, a podcast host, and... um, an eastern catholic an eastern catholic yeah and um you may if you're listening you may recognize dasha from the hit television series on hbo called succession Mm -hmm. i feel like such a moment for you that was major for me yeah Yeah, that was a real blessing when you accepted that award on television (laughs) right in the center (laughs) i was like wow this is a moment at the sag award yeah i was doing a instagram takeover of actor selectuals because i was knew i was going to the sag awards so Mm -hmm. it was really it felt really i'm also a shit poster Mm -hmm. you know and i have been really my whole life and that's really my vocation i feel so it was really grounding to be able to kind of shit post through the sag award right and then to the height of even accepting an award on stage like you were really in it getting to cover it right from the center kind of (laughs) It was crazy, yeah. That's so cool. Um, people really made fun of uh, some of my facial expressions. I and mean, speculated that I was on some kind of uh, 
stimulant substance but i was i was definitely like <laughs> off that champagne but i was really just spazzing because i like couldn't believe like what was happening yeah i couldn't believe will smith like looked me in the eyes and said like congratulations you yeah know? i was like what is i going mean on? that's a drug just being on yeah. that, that level of a stage just making eye contact with will smith yeah That'll... my god <laughs> blessing or a curse probably a blessing it was before the slap it was before the slap so that wow. the, then when the slap Pre- happened i was like oh my Whoa. god pre-slap eye contact <laughs> wow <laughs> yeah the different will smith yeah i definitely relate to being like a terminally online person like since really young and i do yeah. believe it affects my my whole brain chemistry and why yeah. i am the way i am i just can't help it same you know and why resist it kind of is how i feel sometimes if i feel called to i'm you, gonna post mm-hmm. you know so before i guess we get into like your history with faith and your family's mm-hmm. faith and where you're at with it now you're, let's talk about, I guess, your calling. Do you mm-hmm. feel like you have a God-given purpose? Or, like, that must be one of your callings then, just to post? Yeah. <laughs> posting is definitely part of God's plan for me, mm-hmm. I think, at least until it's not, you know. Until I it's think. not, right. One day, maybe he'll give me the grace to stop posting. Yeah. But he hasn't yet. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> But I do, I mean, I have a vocational approach to kind of acting and yeah. like my life has really... How you mediate yourself. Yeah. And my life does feel very blessed in this way that I like, and I was like struggled for so long prior to moving to New York and starting the podcast and everything. I feel lucky to be able to do the things that I do. So I try to like trust that like if I... Yeah, approach things like vocationally with like a Christian value system. Yeah, that like God will steer me in the direction that he wants me to be steered, you know? Yeah, I think that's a really good message for people because I also felt, feel similarly like I've struggled or felt cursed even that, you know, nothing would ever go my way or something or that I'll always be foiled or, or perhaps like can't like actualize my desire or something yeah well acting and acting is such a like struggle Mm -hmm. you know it's a fickle kind of it's you really uh, like you have you all i think actors are already have to be so prone to kind of like mm, failure failure humility humility for sure humility it's very embarrassing i find something actors like to say is rejection is god's protection that's right (laughs) i forget you have to tell yourself that otherwise you'll yeah it'll take a toll on your self-worth totally i i forget what it was like some actress got turned down you want to hit this yeah Yeah. i forget which actress it was it was like an actress in a very oh millie bobby brown she auditioned to be in games of thrones or whatever yeah and they didn't cast her but then she was cast in Stranger Things. And if she mm-hmm. was cast in Games of Game of Thrones, then yeah. that wouldn't have happened, you know, but she felt very rejected and disheartened by it. But it's kind of was like, okay, you're not you're not gonna be in this project, but it opens you up into other paths. You that never you wouldn't know. know. Exactly. You never know like what Yeah. I and- mean, I I auditioned actually for a part in the second season of Succession that I didn't get. Mm. That was just like a bit part. Uh-huh. Um 
and then had I gotten that, I wouldn't have been in the third season in the part that I did have, which right. I which, which I fits loved. you really well. Yeah, 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 exactly. So it's like in those moments when you are rejected from a role, is it harder to have faith, or do you ever feel like, you know, unsure about your no, path? I, I haven't in a long time. When I was yeah. younger, definitely. Yeah, especially um, before you're booked. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes they pin you, which okay. means they like might cast you, but they like are sort of like holding you on a veil. Um, and I was pinned um, for a show once for like, it might have been less than this, but it felt like months, you know, it was mm. like, and every day I woke up with this feeling of like, wow, I could like get this today could be the day that I find out that I get this role that like changes my life and like mm-hmm. living every day with that uncertainty and then not getting it. Yeah. Really, that it was like devastating. Mm-hmm. But that was years ago. And I was like, that's just not a sustainable way to, you know, yeah. live. So I take it all real. I like when I audition for stuff, I, um, I, don't like over invest yeah um, like too soon obviously and like, so much about it, it's like i think a lot of actors their ego gets really wrapped up in like booking yeah and i really trust like if i'm right for something then i'll be cast in it mm-hmm. you know like it's mm-hmm. not it's not really a reflection necessarily of my like acting ability or worth as a person right it's just sort of like because i think with when people watch audition tapes and mm-hmm. I learned this from directing actually, cause when mm-hmm. I was casting mm-hmm. my film, um, I had some actors tape for it. And like when I was watching their tapes in my like tenement shithole apartment for my like retarded movie that I wrote like on Adderall, mm-hmm. you know, and just being like, Oh, her eyes are too big, you know, and just like cycling Gone. through these people and then thinking about myself being in that right. position where like I'm pouring my heart and soul into something that like someone's going to look at for one second and be like, she's just not right for it. Right. You know? Yeah. It's not personal really. It's just that either you work or you don't from the director's point of view. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, and there's so many variables. Yeah. So you kind of, you kind of use your faith in your job by just no, like detaching from the outcome kind of, and knowing that what's meant for you will come kind of. My agent asked me, a couple months ago and he hated that the way I responded but he said what do you want you know for your career and I said like I want whatever God wants me to have <laughs> amen <laughs> I that, and that I really do feel that way or try you know mm-hmm. try to keep that in mind because it is hard not to get you know there's a balance I guess between being the vessel for God and then knowing what you want and going for it I guess but it's I don't know. Well, the world is so weird. Yeah. <laughs> Fundamentally, it's an earthly care. Yeah. You know, that's true. Which we try to set aside. Yeah. But we can't ignore as if it doesn't exist, I exactly. guess. Right. Yeah. So we, everyone grapples, has to grapple with that in their own ways, I guess. Totally. And sometimes faith in God is a great way. A lot of people are godless and they suffer people. from it. <laughs> yes. I would say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and they become i don't know bitter maybe something i should mention is we just went to church together yes and the How priest mentioned to bitterness in the heart and mm-hmm. to try to rid the bitterness by seeing god in all people kind of yeah um but yeah so we just went to church um it was great i've never been so 
what is your faith i guess is a good question i'm a byzantine catholic also known as like a greek catholic in my case i'm like a uh, slovak ruthenian greek catholic but in the byzantine right (laughs) (laughs) it gets pretty specific is the the formal like uh right that i was chrismated into right that is where i practice my faith by attending divine liturgy which is like the eastern christian right mass. and you do mass every week or liturgy every week mm-hmm. okay i nice. fulfill my sunday obligation or try or try to yeah wow um so you're de- you're kind of devoted to the I'm church a pra- i'm a practicing you're a practicing catholic yeah catholic so being eastern and I was trying to research Eastern Orthodoxy before meeting with you because I was raised Roman Catholic and that is yes. kind of all I know, more or less. And when I was researching Eastern Catholicism or Eastern Orthodoxy, mm-hmm. made it seem like it is not Catholic. Like it is, there's Catholic, there's like Roman Catholic and there's Easter, Eastern Orthodox and mm-hmm. like Eastern Orthodox isn't Catholic, but it is. It They just well, it's small C Catholic. Small C Catholic. Right? It's like Catholic means all of them. Sure. So okay. Prior to the schism, they were Catholics. It was all Catholics. All Catholics up to a point. And then there was a schism, the East-West schism, mm-hmm. um, where Orthodoxy happened. And then there were more schisms within, within Orthodoxy. Obviously, Byzantine Catholicism in terms of its, like, theology and uh, religious practices is basically like uh, Greek or Russian Orthodoxy. Uh Um, They also do the Divine Liturgy. Uh Um, I really like this convent outside of Minsk uh, in Belarus called St. Elizabeth that Uh does, like, that's Orthodox, but they do a Divine Liturgy live stream that I find Mm. to be very soothing. Cool. Yeah, they're... They're it's like different, but it's not like Protestant. No, it was all Catholic. Is yeah. The thing. And the liturgy that we did was written by St. John Chrysostom actually in the fifth century. So it's okay. even older. It doesn't seem that way because it's in English. Right. Right. Usually when people think about like a reverent or like traditional or liturgy, approach. they think about like Latin masses or like right. things in old church Slavonic. Right. But the thing about the divine liturgy was that it was always intended to be done in the language of the parishioners i see it's a very like popular so that you could yeah so you could understand just, yeah i mean that's kind of i get that mm-hmm. i feel like when we just went to liturgy i was trying to think like you know compared to mass in liturgy you literally sing every response but yeah. in mass you don't unless it's like a special mass where everything is sung and that happens maybe a few times a year well, you so I was baptized Roman Catholic, but not really raised in the faith. I okay. never attended masses like growing, growing up. up. Um, I think because we moved to America when I was a kid, it, yeah. there was just like a huge language barrier. And my mom was nominally vaguely practicing Catholic, but couldn't really find a church that was like okay. appropriate. Yeah. Um. So I wasn't really raised in Roman Catholicism. And when I found mm. the Eastern Rite, I felt much more at home there because of my like ethnic roots. Yeah. And my priest was very like welcoming to me, I think partially among like 
uh, ethnic lines. He gave right. me he gave me this book called Our People that's about um, Carpatho Rusins, mm. uh, which refers to like Slovak, Czech, Belarusian, some Polish people are like considered Carpatho Rusins. <laughs> okay, so it's very niche ethnic kind of yeah. Catholicism stuff that that you just drawn to because you because you fit in obviously and my, ethnically yeah and my father's side of the family was orthodox but obviously in the soviet union no one was really anything right we're godless and yeah. suffered for it yeah um jesus um, so it felt it felt right it just of. felt right for for, for me yeah. yeah it felt like a good way to practice my faith um I start in 2019, I was like becoming interested in Catholicism again. Okay. And I was attending like Latin masses okay. at Holy Innocence in Midtown. And so I was sort of like the first wave of like Tradcath online <laughs> stuff. I was, sure. I, was, I was very like gripped by. Yeah. And so I was going to these Latin masses, but they weren't really hitting. And then I actually hadn't been to like a Novo Sordo mass, mm. which is probably like what you were raised in yeah i like that mass mm -hmm. for me it feels really comfortable because you grew up because i grew it. up in it yeah, yeah exactly like yeah my family culturally is italian american and i do feel like for me being catholic is cultural as well or yeah in a sense so that it's like makes sense like i still really identify with like my family's faith just because it makes me feel very connected to uh a deeper sense of self and history basically right and it does make mm. me feel really really good um i don't and so yeah i did i basically attended mass until i was 18 and i sang at mass every week because i love singing so it would, you sang at divine liturgy you yeah sang, i love singing you sang at, very well thank yeah. you yeah, I followed along really well at the Divine Liturgy. I felt like it's not dissimilar to Catholic, to like regu regular Catholics, like a Roman Catholic approach, except there are some things I noticed, like the priest facing away from the audience or mm -hmm. the congregation. Very cool. Well, that was something that was um, changed um, after the Second Vatican Council. They changed the mass. Mm -hmm. um as well as like some of like the priest ordination rights and stuff and um my issue sort of with with vatican ii and i, I don't want to get too autistic into sure. like the set of a kansas position or whatever but um is i feel like it tr fundamentally tried to make catholicism less like superstitious it sort of demystified it mm. and i feel like when the priest does face the people there is something about it. it's because it's not about i don't want to see i'm not there to see the priest i'm there to see god you know yeah i feel that uh, a little bit i understand the, the the priest so when i went to mass growing up actually i always attended what was known as children's mass and so it was specifically tailored towards children and the homily would be spoken in terms that children can understand wow and it was very it's a little bit more granola this way it's a little bit more like american so american yeah, yeah 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 and i am attracted mostly to the ritualistic the symbolic mm -hmm. the images and then the stuff that became a little too secular was always put a really bad taste in my mouth like well, that America is a Protestant country, so that influences in That's American true. It's like inflected in, in American Catholicism very much. I think, yeah. Um, With Orthodoxy, it's a very small minority of Catholics in America or Orthodox, and in the world, 
um, compared to how many are Roman Catholic. You mean East? You mean Eastern uh, Christian? Or yeah, you no, call no. It. Well, they were very so. I'll just give a little Go. history. Yes. In 1646, mm-hmm. um, there was something called the Union of Ujharad, which okay. is a town in Eastern Europe, okay. um, where basically a sect of, of Orthodox bishops sort of joined the Catholic Church, mm. entered into communion with Rome, mm-hmm. signed this document that said that they would be Catholic, they would be in communion with Rome, um, they would be part of the one true faith, but they can retain their liturgy, their spiritual practices, and elect their own bishops. Mm. Um, and their priests can be married. That's a big difference in the mm-hmm. Eastern Rite, is that um, priests um, can be married... Um, to bef- women. Yes. You can, <laughs> to women. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, they don't have to be celibate necessarily. So those were sort of the big, um, they were like, here are some things we we're going to do a little different, like sign yeah. off on this. And Rome said, okay. And over, you know, since then there have been, I really like to read sometimes, um, there's a really great papal encyclical by Leo the 13th called Orientalium Dignitas, okay. where he's sort of talking about how the Eastern Rite how much it's just like him kind of pandering to eastern catholics being like we have so much respect for you you're the flowers of the church like we would never latinize you you know Mm. it's like um service or no i mean sure but they that's like what a good pope should do is like try and keep these people within the unity of of the church sure sure Um, respect respect them yeah yeah because the goal is to heal the schism okay you know and i think that catholicism is the one true faith is the church that christ founded it's true i think like all the schisms within orthodoxy are just evidence that it isn't like Mm. a universal faith that it really quickly gives way to like nationalism yes yeah because i'm noticing with orthodoxy and eastern catholicism that it has more than Roman Catholicism. It's like the church of these countries, almost like the Romanian yeah. and the X, Y, or Z. And it, it becomes, becomes a national brain. kind of a part to it. Yeah. Whereas as we were just saying, like you can have like an ethnic experience of your faith, but still be in like one, one kind of yeah apostolic, holy Catholic yeah, church. Yeah, we believe in one apostolic, holy Catholic church. Yeah. True. I feel like maybe the Roman Catholic Church could take some cues from the Eastern Catholic Church with like regard to marriage and stuff like that because there it seems like there is some like people like kind of want priests to like you know get married and stuff and not to have not to be, be so strict to not be pedophiles to not be, yeah like essentially <laughs> to not be gay pedophiles. Yeah, ex- ex- essentially yes exactly that yeah yeah that's a it huge problem nice. in roman catholicism yeah that there yeah there's i mean the, we, we just don't have the same numbers right but there's as far as i know like basically no it's reduced sexual abuse within the you know yeah it seems the, like the way to go to the byzantine mind. right i mean yeah. i don't know it's you know it's not my place to say <laughs> right i guess but so then in america yeah uh in the late 19th century okay um there was a byzantine priest um from slovakia named alexis toth who came to america 
uh, and he was a widower. He had been married, but his wife was, had died. And there weren't any Byzantine bishops in America yet, so he had to go to a Roman Catholic, mm. Irish Catholic bishop named John Ireland <laughs> to ask him for faculties. And John Ireland was very racist towards um, Eastern European people. He thought it was really weird that this widower was a priest. Um, <laughs> they had a huge like blowout fight. Oh God! Alexis Toth ends up going to an Orthodox priest to get faculties, converting to Orthodoxy, and then converting something like a hundred thousand Byzantine Catholics to to Orthodoxy in America. Wow! So that's partly why our numbers are so low, uh -huh. is because a lot of Byzantine Catholics became Orthodox, like in the at the turn of the century. Oh. So they um and Byzantine Catholic is not Orthodox Catholic. Byzantine Catholic is not ortho or there's no Orthodox Catholic. Orthodox oh, okay. is just not Orthodox. Catholic. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's Orthodox kind of like just isn't Catholic. It's okay. like a schism. Okay. But you can be Catholic. Eastern Catholic is somewhere between Orthodox and Catholic or no? Yes, Eastern Eastern Catholics <laughs> are typically in the case of the Byzantines former Orthodox Mm. Christians who joined into communion with Rome. Oh, okay, I see what you're saying. It There's kind of really... like some back and forth with these two. With within after the schism happened, people got converted. There's yeah different ways. Yes, exactly. I'm seeing what you're saying. Exactly. Okay. And okay, got it. Um, and my priest told me when he was considering entering priesthood, you you know you ask yourself like why not orthodoxy. And he was like, well, my whole family's been Catholic. Mm -hmm. It goes back to, yeah, the, the apostolic <laughs> succession, the one true church. It's like... It's hard to deny you that. You just got to be Catholic. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, but, I couldn't imagine being Christian and not being Catholic, me personally. Same. Like, same. I like, yeah, I mean... And, you know, as, as annoying as, like, online tradcaths and stuff are, mm -hmm. can be, it's like... When people are like, it's much weirder to convert to orthodoxy or some strain of like Protestantism to me. Yeah, same. Because it feels almost like arbit arbitrary. Yeah, yeah, exactly. When you have this great like yeah. one true church. People are really online anyway, seem obsessed with the idea that like people are still Catholic or something or that our generation or whatever we're the same age would like choose to stay Catholic or like join into Catholicism. But it's just mm -hmm. like, this has been happening for millennia. Yeah. Uh, it's not necessarily a trend in my mind. Like how many people are act and then how many people are actually converting to Catholicism? Like a very small amount. What? Like in how real life, literally I meet like I'm it's the like only you. person I know that like, yeah. So it's and like my boyfriend, people like, are we... really blowing it up online, making it seem like you started your like at, I've been contacted personally for I Need God, mm -hmm. people who are want to write pieces about Catholicism trending yeah. or God trending. Same. And I usually say, yeah, I'll do your piece with you. But I'm like, do you mean Catholicism is trending or do you mean Dasha Nekrasova is cr a christened Eastern <laughs> Catholic? Like, because it's like, I don't see this trend online. I don't necessarily see the trend. I guess the trad cath thing kind of got a foothold. That word is like, yeah. And you were saying like part of the reason you were drawn originally in like 2019 mm -hmm. toward exploring Catholicism was this concept of Tradcath online. Well, literally uh, Catholics on Twitter were like come to Latin mass, like begging me to go 
telling me they were praying for me. I was like <laughs> having a really hard time in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I was I felt very embraced by this like community of young Catholics who, you know, were practicing the Latin mass and stuff. But ultimately, you know, in there in Roman Catholicism, there's something called RCIA, which is like a formal conversion program that adults enter to like oh um and i was baptized as a baby but because i was never confirmed or had never received communion oh my god you had never received communion as a kid no you didn't have a first holy communion no oh never no that would have been so good for you i know i know (laughs) but uh especially because i was so baptized as like a I was like I had the most baptized vibe like I was like <laughs> would hear bells and be like God's calling me like I really was like a very spiritual You're spiritually little, in tune yeah obvi- Pisces mm-hmm. thank you God lovers so much for listening to our free episode to listen to 45 more minutes of this conversation with Dasha where we talk about things like teen atheism, artificial intelligence, aliens, conspiracy, and Dasha's alternative Eastern Catholic Instagram account, you can join us on Patreon at our Believer tier for only $3 a month. Um, Then not only will you get access to this full episode and other full episodes, like our episode with Krayshawn, but to our Discord community where we share spirituality memes, we do giveaways, and um, we even have an anonymous confession channel if you need that. Join us today at patreon.com slash I need God. And finally, we'd like to say a prayer for everyone who's joined us at our angel tier and above. So if you will, please close your eyes and let us pray for Elvis Vasquez, Allison White, Carson Reeves, Colin G, Jenna, Sarah, and Tyler Hill. Lord, hear our prayer. See you in heaven. (laughs) 